0: God was gracious enough to put a lot of mentors in my path over the years. I had a lot of cotton stuffed in both ears. (laughs) Uh, I kind of did what I wanted instead of what I what was suggested to me. And over the last decade, I'd like to think I've learned to listen a little bit more and execute a little bit more on what I'm what is suggested to me by good people.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCO podcast. I have a special guest back on the show. I have Steven Deeson of Oparasa Group LLC. Steven, it's great to have you back
0: on the show. It's great to be back on, Gresh.
1: Yeah, super excited to have you on. And Before we jump into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Steven so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Steven is the founder and CEO of the Operasa Group, LLC, a social enterprise helping people find worth and recovery, and executive chairman of the Operasa Foundation. Steven was previously CEO of Grit, a socially conscious marketing technology firm, and held other C-level positions in previous technology companies. Steven is an active volunteer who sits on four nonprofit boards and the advisory board of two startups for two, two startup technology and telecommunication firms. Steven holds both an MBA and MSc in accounting from Emory University, a BSc in mathematics from UAB, and an ABD PhD in business from Emory university landley graduate school steven is presently pursuing additional graduate studies from john hopkins university and he was one of the guests on our podcast specifically podcast number 649 and i just got an awesome little tour of all the awesome things that he's doing to grow and expand in his team so steven super excited to have you back on are you ready to speak to the imco community
0: i am delighted to be back on here and hi everybody
1: Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock, uh, hear a little bit more on how you got started and how you progressed since the last time we spoke.
0: So we got started again. Uh, we, we decided to build a holding company and, and get into uh, staffing because we decided that, um, you know, we needed, we, we have a opioid epidemic in the United States. Uh, my, my understanding currently is that those numbers are up about 30% over what they were the last time you and I spoke, uh, which means we are uh, in in desperate straits. Last time we spoke, I believe we said uh, we'd lost about uh, as many young people before September of that year as we had lost in the entire Vietnam War. And now, of course, we're even in worse straits, What with COVID and everything being locked down. Uh, We're certainly seeing that in the recovery community. So my business partner, Lisa Wilson, and I had sat down with some really intelligent, smart people and said, what can we do to kind of help solve this social problem? And the answer, it turns out is, and this may be a bad word these days, but the answer is capitalism. Capitalism, the ownership of the factors of production and the proportional outputs thereof is a a tremendous motivator. It's the greatest wealth creator in history. And, And so what we really offer is young people an opportunity to get back on their feet, learn how the business world operates, um, you know, and build really compelling lives for themselves.
1: Nice. Yeah, I absolutely, you know, appreciate you, know, you for the you know work that you do. And um, you know, even like the last time we spoke, the world has completely changed. And I imagine that a lot of people have looked, you know, towards opioids and, and different ways to kind of you know try to, I guess, alleviate the, the pain, frustration, hurt, probably so many different words that people are going through. So I appreciate, like in true entrepreneurial form, you recognizing that. And, and I imagine that you've probably been even, you know, busier um, you know, with you know, making the world a better place with you and your team so that you can help people to kind of, you know, see that there's another, an alternative way.
0: But well, we, we see very, you know, Gresham, I think it's really important that we as a society start to recognize that, you know, people get motivated by different things, right? Yeah. And one of the, one of the challenges that we set out to address was if you're somebody who has struggled with, uh, you know, whether it's addiction or poverty or anything that sort of can scar someone, that, you have grit, you have determination, you have the ability to stand up after the world's knocked you off your feet. And we thought, why couldn't we leverage that and allow ourselves to build a business that's a for-profit entity that really brings value not only to the people who work in it, but also to the people out there in the world who can benefit from the things that that business brings to society. And it's it, it turns out we've we've been right so far.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of, you know, studies and, you know, um, information that's been, you know, said about like kind of one of the biggest determinations of somebody becoming successful is that grit. So I love that that sounds like it's been a foundational principle and everything you've been able to kind of build and grow and kind of, you know, further emphasize with the people that you're serving as well. Absolutely. Awesome. 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 So um, I know you touched a little bit upon, you know, how everything works. Could you take us through a little bit more about that and what you feel is like your secret sauce and what you feel kind of makes you unique?
0: Yeah, so one of the things that I think makes us very unique is that we don't seek to actually place the people that we serve as our social mission. And I think a lot of business owners do this, but don't speak about it very openly. I know a lot of business owners that help with homeless populations, help with people who are developmentally disabled or developmentally challenged or differently enabled. Um, there are groups out there, you know, many, many business owners in the world spend a lot of their time and resources, trying to help some group of people uh, who are near and dear to their heart. And of course the recovery community is near and dear to mine. I spend a lot of time in that community. And so that's the community we, we seek to help. Now, what we do is we provide them with stable employment and a, a recovery informed business. It's not a recovery business. We're not a treatment center. But what we do look to do is provide those people with a place where we see behaviors that are challenging to those individuals in a negative way in the business world. And we look to address those by helping them find outside sources that can help them with therapy, that can work with them through the challenges that people sometimes bump into. Financial resources, uh, can we train people on how to manage their cash flow better? Can we help them find transportation? All of the things that uh, people trying to reenter the workforce and reenter the world from difficult situations often run into to, to challenges that sometimes seem overwhelming to them. And what our gamble was, was that if we did that, we would find a group of people who would be loyal, who would buy into what we were doing, who would be very interested in serving our clients. And much like the Warby Parker model, I don't know if you're familiar with Warby Parker, but they give away the glasses, to mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. in third world countries um, for every pair that is bought. And I don't know what the proportions are, but the important thing was that I was listening to Warby Parker and some of their podcasts and their stories. And um, one of the guys said, you know, we thought when we were doing this, that people would buy our glasses because of our social mission. And what we found out was that most of the people who buy our glasses don't care at all about our social mission, but who does care a lot about our social mission are our internal employees. They care a great deal about it. It means a lot to them to be able to come to work and to also be able to give back simultaneously. And so we thought we could do the same thing, but we might do it in a slightly different market. And it turns out, at least so far, we seem to have been correct. Our uh, office environment is uh, very authentic. We're very transparent. We have a lot of trust in each other. Um, That really seems to reflect well on how we behave. One of the coolest compliments I've ever had, I got the other day from somebody who was actually really angry with us. She said, I, she said, I came, she came to our office. She said, I came here to raise some H-E-L-L. And uh, we ended up in a fairly lengthy conversation. And at the end of it, she said, I really want to stick with you guys because everybody I talk with at your company, when I get on the phone with them, is just so friendly all the time. You can hear it in their voice that they're happy doing what they're doing. And they never get mad at me. And I said, "Well, we're really glad to have you right mm-hmm. and And so I do think that that's starting to permeate our DNA and our culture in a way of we're we want to be here, we want to be of service, we want to help people, and we want to help get through some difficult spots, and we're going to do that together
1: yeah, I appreciate you so much and sharing that and then you know even talking about you know that that same kind of parallel, you know, I guess um model that you you kind of saw and wanted to kind of implement and take it a step further. Because I think so many times we skip over like who we serve. We talk so much about, you know, being able to serve our clients and give them our products or services or whatever it might be. We sometimes forget about the people that serve the clients that work with the clients as well, too. And I love that you've been able to kind of build a strong foundation. It sounds like a foundation where people are really tied into purpose, their why, what it is that they're doing. So it gets them, you know, really excited and, and serving on a even better level because it starts to permeate, like you said, through the DNA and the culture that you have.
0: We've been really, we've been really blessed in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we are very much a purpose-driven organization. Uh, we feel like we're here to serve a greater purpose, and we, uh, you know, we, we do place licensed medical professionals into frontline positions with, you know, into oftentimes very difficult situations that involve COVID or the prison system or mental and behavioral health facilities. Um, nursing homes, you know, SNFs, et cetera, skilled nursing facilities, and um, and what we've discovered is that when we're interacting with these people, oftentimes they're interacting with folks that are in memory care units or very difficult situations or stroke victims, and those people are those people can be very scared and have really difficult days. Um, the nursing home facility folks are often having difficult days. You know, and, and our social mission really helps us kind of stay centered in the middle of it, of all of that, just saying, we have purpose, we're here to serve, we're not here to take advantage of anybody, we're trying to get folks out to work in tough situations, and we constantly see kind of progression in positive directions when we, you know, when we take that approach with our clients.
1: Awesome. 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 So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's
0: something that makes you more effective and efficient? Well, what's something that makes me more effective or efficient? Those two things are a little bit different. Um, So I just bought a giant thing uh, and it should be here in the next week. And it says to do list, get shit done. And um, (laughs) cursing aside, I do think it's really important that one of the things I I think it's very easy for us. And Gary V has some uh, whiteboard things on this. One of them is you got to have the vision and you got to paint that thing. But then you got to you got to be willing to do what I think of when I think of Brene Brown saying, let's get in the arena and get bloody. Let's Mm -hmm. get down in there and get it done. And I think there's a lot of people who want to stay focused on the big picture stuff all the time. And there are other people who get so focused on the tiny things. And I think it's important to move between what's the vision and then what can I do in the next hour and the next day to get me closer to it and just staying focused on that execution over and over and over again is really what matters. Absolutely. Love that.
1: And um, I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. You might have already touched on this, but this is more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you would tell your younger business self:
0: Find a mentor earlier. Hmm. And listen. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> was it easy for you to be able to find one or did you uh, what was the, I guess, how do you how were you able to kind of do that in your life?
0: God was gracious enough to put a lot of mentors in my path over the years. I had a lot of cotton stuffed in both ears. When were <laughs> uh, I kind of did what I wanted instead of what I w- what was suggested to me. And over the last decade, I'd like to think I've learned to listen a little bit more and execute a little bit more on what I'm what is suggested to me by good people.
1: Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. You always want to make sure that you have, um, you know, smarter people around you and in the room and those mentors are a lot of times people that we have to make sure we don't have that cotton so that we can't actually listen and execute on uh, the expertise and knowledge that they have.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Uh, so I so, uh, wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Stephen, what does being a CEO mean to you? Be of service every
0: day. To the people around you and the community that you're in. Nice,
1: I love that. And, and so many times when we forget about like how we're serving and the ways in which we're serving. So I love you know to hear your growth and how you sounds like you've been able to kind of serve the people within the organization, but also the obviously your clients and your and your customers as well too. And and how you know in a multifaceted way you've been able to kind of make that impact.
0: Yeah, people pay us to fix problems, right? But they don't pay us to fix our problems. They pay us to fix their problems. And you can't fix somebody else's problem if you don't have a service mindset and you're not thinking, how can I help this person with this issue that they're struggling with, this issue, this challenge, this problem? Those are all opportunities. And if I'm paying attention and I don't have cotton in my ears and I'm listening for those things, then I really am being of service to others instead of myself. And to me, that's the secret.
1: Yeah, I always say, uh, I think I heard somebody say that uh, we're all listening to the same station, WIIFM, what's in it for me. And I think if you start to be able to tune into that, get the, get that cotton out of your ears and listen to what everybody's doing, how can you serve them? How can you solve that problem? Then that allows you the opportunity to really serve and make that tremendous impact.
0: Right, no, that makes that's great. I'm I'm going to steal <laughs> that from you.
1: There you go. I took I stole it from somebody else, so it's perfectly fine. <laughs> well, Stephen, truly appreciate you uh, again for hopping back in on the on the podcast. Of course, appreciate your time. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know, and of course, how best they could get a hold of you, find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on.
0: Well, you can certainly get a hold of us. Uh, Look us up at www.oparasa.com and get in touch with us that way. Uh, We're on most of the social media platforms. And thank you so much for having me on today, Gresham.
1: Yes, absolutely. Appreciate you for all the work that you do and all the inspiration that you gave to us as well. We're definitely going to have the links and information in the show notes too so that everybody can follow up with you. But looking forward to the next time to hear about even more growth and more of the dings that you're making in the universe and in people's lives. So appreciate you again, Stephen. Thank you for listening to the IMCEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at CEOgear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with
0: Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.